We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Fucking thing sucks. All right. We do a live show for this week. We're going to do this again. It's <laughs> been a little while, but uh, I'm Mike. He, him from the Channel of this podcast. We also get Ward, he, him from the Channel of this podcast. Nick, he, him from the Intervention podcast. Brandon, he, him from the Cars and Comrades podcast. And Nat, he, him from the Collective Action Comics podcast. How you guys doing? It is. It's a day. Yeah. It's a fucking day. <laughs> That's for sure. Brandon had just had a coughing fit. That's about apt, I guess. How do you guys been doing the? Uh, you guys been doing like our uh, unofficial hiatus? Anybody be getting anything done? Had one no. random night off. You know, <laughs> it kind of springs up spontaneously. But that's mm-hmm. all right. I've been so busy doing stuff on the actual ground that, like, I have not had time to do even my own my own stuff. So I've been that was sort of a time. blessing in disguise. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brandon. I don't know if it came through, but Brandon said he's been drunk the whole time. So oh hell okay. yeah, based. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's not like there's been anything going on in the news or anything. I don't think there's been any major news events that we could talk about. But we could we could try. I mean, what's the biggest thing? Is the balloon fucking? No, I think actually what I wanted to start with was the um. So is it Palestine we're talking about in Ohio? If we're trying I to heard that on a news Palestine. Palestine, I think. East Palestine. Yeah, I heard a local reporter talking about it, and she called it um, East Palestine. So, okay, well, we can't pronounce anything right here. So, I would just go with Palestine just to make the distinction between Palestine. You know, so apparently in in East Palestine, Ohio, there was this train that derailed and it spilled a bunch of toxic chemicals. And did it kill anyone? I'm actually I'm not sure if anyone died from it. Not yet. Yeah, I was gonna say like, (laughs) if if it hasn't yet, it still could. That's the whole thing about it, right? Is the long-term health effects that are going to be from this? Like they're predicting a lot of people are going to get sick um, with some kind of symptoms that are, or I guess, uh, what do you call it? Unique to chlorine syndrome or chlorine gas, which is what came out of this train. And other people will probably suffer long-term cancers or other kind of like there could be birth defects. Like who the hell knows? Because it's poisoning every bit of like infrastructure around there. It's like in the ground, the air, the water, everything. And I don't know. I don't know what the long-term effects would be, but like. Well, I... they did offer all the residents five dollars each, so that should cover any long-term health effects. Oh, okay. That's yeah, good. that's a that's a that's a nice hazmat right there. Five dollars, go down to Walmart and get a get a full body suit for five bucks. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, that that's like three quarters of the way towards a dozen eggs. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, as someone that lives about forty miles away from where this happened with a well, feeling pretty good. Feeling mm. pretty good. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I had no idea you were that close to it. Yeah. I don't even think I realized we were that close to it. Yeah, it's not too far. <clears throat> yeah, it looks like the smoke is like vinyl chloride, phosgene, hydrogen chloride, and um, yeah, some other stuff that they don't even know because just how many, how many different loads were on this train. Oh, and uh, well, there's a lot of mustard it, gas in there. Okay. Apparently, well, at least some of it was mislabeled so that they could save money on the shipping costs. Gotta love it. Oh, this fucking gross. Okay, so that was the thing. There are a lot of different takeaways from this, right? Like, we can talk about obviously the fact that the company is not going to take accountability or be held accountable for for doing this, like to the extent that it would actually help the people who are going to be damaged by it. But then also, there was the aspect that the workers of this company literally predicted this kind of thing would happen if the workers' rights were cut, if the shifts were cut, if the skeletonizing of the crews that happened happened, uh, which of course it did. And then if they, you know, relaxed the regulations to such an extent that they were able to mislabel these loads like this, and then uh, 
yeah, have a disaster like this happen. So the workers, again, predicted this. Credit to Bill Killionaires in a server who said the workers predicted this would happen. The bosses didn't listen. Who could have thunk it? Like, that's exactly the take here. But Yeah, and then to get into coverage, I mean, you can find, like, people that, you know, do their stuff through, you know, Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is, actually trying to, you know, talk to union organizers. And they're kind of connecting those dots between, like, the recent you know, potential rail strike or at least the rail struggles that went on lately. And like these guys are saying explicitly, as you're talking about right now, it's like, look, this is the shit that we were trying to prevent. And the federal government is directly responsible at this point for imposing these conditions upon us. You know, we like you said, we knew this was coming and everything like that. And now here we are. But that's obviously that angle, as we, as we know, will not be covered by like the mainstream media. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you want more serious breakdowns, I always recommend listening to Ben Norton's show, which is now the Geopolitical Economy Report. He's not the uh, multipolarista, multipolarista anymore, um, but also Brian Becker. I just subscribed to the audio version of uh, Means TV, whatever their audio podcast, their RSS feed is. You can just find it very easily. But uh, they all do very in-depth analyses of this situation exactly, and that is just the, the TLDR of the whole thing was the workers predict this would happen. Uh, it happened. The company's going to skate. They're giving people a fucking pittance for the massive damage that they've done. That's going to affect people for decades and literally lives to come. And, uh, yeah, it's a very familiar story. I know, does anybody ever have any other takes we could, like, segue from, like, or anything else to say about the, the railroad disaster or anything about that? I guess because, to me, it feels like the balloon may have been a distraction from that. I don't, not, mm-hmm. not even in a conspiratorial way, but just like maybe the media focus was, like, uh, focused on the balloon because that is sensational as opposed to like literally the u.s throwing its citizens to the to the what do you call it to the graveyard like and they sensationalize the fuck out of the balloon it doesn't fucking matter dude it's so fucking dumb that's very dumb but um i did want to say one last thing on that and it's just you know um people talk about us being like conspiracy theorists or anything like that uh or or having sort of a warped view of the world but like what kind of view must someone have of like reality and and the world that they live in when they know that they can that the actions they take can and did lead to literally destroying an entire town and they know they can just get away with it like what does that do to somebody psychologically and and like how does that change their internal relationship like to the world around them it's it's I mean, these are the monsters that we are fighting, right? Yeah. Uh, do we know the actual cause of the derailment? I, I haven't followed this super closely. I've just heard the tidbits here and there. I don't know. I'm going to be speaking either. in generalities here, but I think you can point directly towards lack of maintenance on the tracks themselves, or I don't know if it was the tracks themselves or on the <laughs> car themselves, but, I mean, it was Rakes, something that a rail... Yeah, it was something that, you know, again, one of the rail workers that I was talking about earlier was very easily able to identify as like, look, if we had kind of like the resources to address this, it could have been taken care of, you know, and like this, this is not even like an isolated event in the sense that there was another derailment in that area not too long ago. I think the difference being with the other car was that it was carrying candle wax. So obviously much less harmful to the environment and shit like that. So that didn't even show up on our radar. Right. But like the fact remains that this infrastructure is shit. Right. Yeah. I want to say I read somewhere one time that like 
the amount of derailments that the U.S. has is just a- absolutely astronomical compared to almost any other nation. Yeah, I believe it. Without any yeah, investigation, like the level I development. believe it. Yeah, but let's uh, let's uh, point the finger at China, right? Like, let's look <laughs> at China, right? Look at all those trains we, we in China. We wouldn't talk work. about infrastructure and rail development. Jesus Christ. And no, I, so what is the, I can't look at a map of high-speed rail in China without going off the fucking handle. Yeah. Without going off the rails? Oh, <laughs> uh, you can tell I'm not on my game when I miss I that. Say that, was, that was low-hanging fruit, man. Yeah, yeah but I love low-hanging <laughs> fruit. It's the most delicious. <laughs> what is the... Uh, does anybody have a, a take on the balloon as, like, an original take? Because, like, I listen to all the other you know, leftist media-ites and everything. Um, yeah, it just, it just still seems like a big joke to me. I don't understand what the... It, it just feels like a very, very desperate attempt by the U.S. to to provoke something at all. Because it's like China just keeps... It, like, does it seem to you guys like China is just like the strong man who just keeps getting punched at by like the little scrawny guy? Mm-hmm. And it, like he just is standing there just like yeah. mildly annoyed, like, just stop doing this. Like, because that is the U.S.'s only move is to provoke... And then to respond with aggression, like overly to anything that it deems as a threat because it provoked that response to begin with. It's like, it's so tiring. And I just am glad that other countries are catching on to it and then kind of coalescing amongst themselves to like recognize that pattern and not respond to it in the way that gets them toppled with any kind of justification whatsoever. But this, this all just feels like the process of manufacturing consent. Yeah, 100%. They've decided to go to war with China, and now they have to create an atmosphere that will be friendly towards that. Like, what was the fucking general that said that will be... What's up? I was just saying, they'll grasp anything for propaganda. Yeah, but like... We just assume that they're doing already what they accuse somebody else of doing. I'm sorry, Brandon, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no, you're good. Uh, Just, you know, there was the general that said that we're going to be at war with China by 2025. Mm -hmm. Uh, That Now we've got the balloon. and, And just generally, like, the increasingly aggressive like villainizing of china over the past few years especially since covid it's it's just something like this balloon just it doesn't seem special to me i feel dumber for having lived through that experience but like it's obvious that it's just a very small piece of the puzzle and the larger puzzle is a global conflict with china yeah i thought i had seen everything like i thought that i had seen like Like, I thought I'd stared into the abyss last February through, like, April with the, like, invasion of Ukraine with the most, like, absurd, like, nonsense propaganda, Um, right? Like, like the ghost of Kiev or Kiev or whatever, obviously not true. Snake Island, everybody lived. Uh, The Vuka massacre was, or Busha, I don't know how you say it, was, like, Adar Battalion in right sector. It wasn't Russia. Like all, every single thing that they told us that Russia did was done by Nazis in Ukraine, right? Um, and probably some American troops that were already stationed there that were like training them, right? And I thought that that was the depths of depravity. But then to see this absolute fucking meltdown over what the DOD has said is a weather balloon that they knew was a weather balloon fucking five days before they even put it in headlines. Like I, I'm, I'm actually really quite astounded. Yeah, and like, then, like on, in all seriousness, to... like like beyond all the jokes and all that, like that that is something that's like genuinely, like mind blowing. 
Yeah, and then they still try to, even after the hysteria, you know, like, they try to, like, glorify, like, the photos of, like, the Navy out there, like, collecting Mm -hmm. the fragments, you know, after they wasted $400 fucking thousand on a Stinger missile to shoot a fucking balloon out of the sky, right? And then the articles come out on CNN after, and it's like, you know, Navy indicates they found equipment capable, capable of intercepting um, or capable of intelligence espionage or signal signal intelligence espionage and shit like that, right? So it's like the same shit that we see over and over again. It's like these vague terms that nobody fucking gets. But as soon as you think about it for a second, it's like, well, what is it exactly? Like w- capable? Why are why are you putting this kind of qualifier on it and shit like that? And it's just like again, like you guys said, it's just the manufacturing consent machine the inventing reality machine is fucking ceaseless and now i I guess my question is is like how much are people actually buying into it because i guess just in the conversations that i've had with like friends family and other people um it's been a little bit mixed in terms of like some people like immediately recognize it as bullshit and other people are a little bit more skeptical but i guess one thing that i'm hopeful about is that more people have recognized that oh, well, they just think we're fucking dumb and we're not that dumb. Mm-hmm. Then, you know what I mean? Like, so I think that was a good thing. I'm pretty dumb. <laughs> I just honestly want to see somebody who really believes this was in any way a flex for the U.S. to spend what it spent to shoot down this fucking weather balloon, to, like, make this big ordeal out of this, to literally make much ado about nothing. Like, this was embarrassing, dude. Like, on a national level, like, this should absolutely be embarrassing for your national pride if you still believe in, like, America. Like, whatever, at whatever fucking level. Like, even if you're just a liberal and you think you're critical of the empire, like, in whatever position you may be as a neoliberal who is, like, literally not critical of the empire in any way whatsoever in any meaningful sense, it's like... I don't know. I want to see somebody who legit believes this was like a, a heroic thing that Biden did or whatever. It's like, because who was it saying that like uh, Ward or somebody was saying that like people were mad that he didn't shoot it down sooner? Like Biden should have shot it down like Dave fuck it. It's like, what are you, what is going on here? Like this is fucking asinine behavior on a national level. What are you guys talking about? Like, Oh, I saw, I think I posted in our, in our group chat. I think I posted the most brain dead fucking like liberal take that I've ever seen was um, from a guy who has the audacity to call himself Pinko Joe. And he made like a cartoon about it that said, just saying, Trump's, uh, or uh, there were three Chinese balloon incursions during the Trump administration and he didn't shoot down any of them. That must be Bausch. Good. (laughs) Good, I'm glad he did not. (laughs) Oh my God. I forgot. Well, I mean, and that's like the brain dead conservative, like, radio like tucker carlson kind of take that i've seen it's just like well trump would have never allowed this attack on our sovereignty it's like oh my fucking god like i just it's not even worth expending the energy to respond to sometimes you know two points though to respond to it one technically he did not defend our sovereignty and two it's good that he didn't because china should take our sovereignty away from us (laughs) based (laughs) yes well that was like the biggest flex it was just like i mean the essence of she's response was hey just calm the fuck down this isn't <laughs> a big deal like just chill the fuck out you know what i mean like the adult the adult in the room yeah like relax relax yeah. i'm gonna ask Sorry. Like, from an informed perspective i'm gonna ask the dumbest possible question was this even actually a chinese balloon yes yeah okay yeah. I, I, chinese I didn't know. Weather balloon. I, yeah, china I, admitted it was theirs mm-hmm 
Yeah, the DOD oh, knew yeah. like oh, yeah, five days before okay. they started publishing headlines. They knew it was a weather balloon because it crossed into Alaska. I was going to ask, Ward, if you had your price breakdown handy yeah, of what it cost the U.S. Price. to shoot it down. Like, Ward, being the thorough guy that he is, uh, as soon as we started talking about this weather balloon and they shot it down, just, you know, being the military nerd that you are, uh, did a price yeah. breakdown of exactly what it cost the U.S., I guess, with their salaries and what it cost to run these jets, the fuel and the missiles used and everything. It's just, it ended up being an absurd number that, you know, I mean, I can't say I'm surprised. We all know. Yeah, it's like four, yeah, about four hundred thousand for the one AIM nine X Sidewinder missile. Um, a hundred and forty thousand per hour for the two F twenty two. Oh yeah, fighter jets. Oh, yeah. Wait, is that each 18, or, or for the pair? That's for the pair uh, together. It's seventy k uh, an hour for a single F twenty two, and there's two of them flying for that mission. Um, well, you gotta have backup a, in case the balloon whips something big out. Right. Oh yeah, and they're up there for a while, so they had to have a strato tanker, like one of those air refueling planes, up there with them, and that's eighteen thousand per hour as well. Um, and then they had a Coast Guard HC one thirty, which was ten thousand per hour, and P eight one, which is like a the Navy's Boeing seven thirty seven, which is like for surveillance. That was up there for eleven thousand per hour. Oh yeah, roughly. Thank America. God we do that instead of like, Fuck you know, yeah. couldn't figure funding, out how many hours healthcare, you know, was, but... my girlfriend yeah. who is a teacher cannot work in public schools right now because they don't have the money for COVID protections. Yeah. What could $400,000 buy in masks and COVID protections? Quite a bit. Or a complete overhaul <laughs> of the school's <laughs> ventilation system. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give half a million dollars to the fucking school. Right. Are you not happy the about that? Safe. What? You're not happy we spent that much money to shoot down a balloon? You guys are looking at it all wrong. Like, for some perspective, that's probably only like point zero 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 one percent of the military budget. Like, they barely. Uh, it was basically I hate free. This fucking country. I mean, earlier today they shot down a UFO above Alaska with another F twenty two firing an AIM nine X Sidewinder missile. So. There's another half a mil at least. I'm going to need a lot more explanation on the sentence you just said. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask, uh, like, so, Ward, that's a fantastic segue, but we also should note that, like, we are recording this the night of, like, it's the 10th. Yeah, there's today. still, like, a lot of info that needs to be come out. So, like, uh, nitty gritty, um, like, several hours ago up at 40,000 feet above Alaska, they shot down a uh, UFO, unidentified flying object. Um, so it didn't have. They showed no signs of man crews nor any form of maneuverability. Um, this aircraft was like uh, MSN made sure to make uh, like ink size comparison. Uh, this is well, way, way, way smaller than the Chinese weather balloon, which was like several large city buses in size. Uh, this is like a couple cars. How many Big Macs would that be? <laughs> Oh, uh, probably like <laughs> eighteen to twenty-five thousand, roughly, if I had to guess. And then Sorry, that's the, the, uh, the, the wires, the washing machines yeah. in the holes, or whatever. We we, we might we might not be yeah. happy about it, but we are American, so let's measure things properly. Yeah. How many, many gas are your brother floating washer? <laughs> I love that we all have one of those an instant ridiculous <laughs> measurement that we all said at the same time. <laughs> yeah. The fuck is a kilometer? <laughs> yeah, right. 
Uh, I think that's like 25,000 Big Macs long. Oh, okay. All right. I can picture that. Thank you. Yeah, I'm here for you. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, but that's like basically a... all we really know about the UFO. Um, what if it was it the Tesla re-entering orbit? Oh, I love that. Like, that would be sick. (laughs) There are fundamentally two options for us shooting down a UFO is one. It was something infinitely stupider than a UFO or two. Absolutely. There was life intelligent enough to come to Earth and say, what's up? And we were like, no, dead. Yeah, I doubt that. I doubt we'd be able to shoot it down if that were the case. But I was going to ask you, Ward, I think you're a little more versed on like Caitlin Johnstone's writing than I am, um, or at least probably from around this time that she was writing about the UFOs because there was that time, I want to say it's like six months or maybe even a year ago where yeah, the government decided the government, it was, like, yeah. yeah. They yeah, decided the it's really cool like to release 1,800 this... pages on UFOs and like admitted UFOs are a real thing. Video. Like, but they do that all the yeah. time, no, right? It's, no, no, yeah, no, It's no. just... It's, it, this mean, was slightly can... more remarkable than usual. Yeah. Uh, a lot yeah. of... Even like, because I listened to some more entertaining like conspiracy theory podcasts like not like the jews did it all conspiracy theories but that like you know aliens are real conspiracy theories uh and a a lot of them don't even believe that it's a real release they think that it's a distraction tactic for something else but the the ones who did hang out yeah um the ones that do believe in it are actually like pretty interested because some of the stuff that got like released officially had been leaked previously and is still unexplained um, there was some curious things that they, that got released. Hmm. Was it interesting? Yeah. Wasn't it initially around the time, like when, like there was the big hoopla around the release, like around when there was some pending info about the JFK assassination or some shit like that. That was like, several was months like, later, right? That's been it, pending it, yeah, for that was, years. But no, I understand. But like, there was some like story about like how this was coming out, and then there was I, I don't know it. it my point is that it was in conjunction with some other kind of like impending like state department like release. And the thing I remember about it was that it almost seemed like it was intended to be some kind of like obfuscation mm-hmm. of like this more material thing that was supposed to be coming out. You know what I mean? That would make but sense. Like, hey, look at the UFOs, right? <laughs> yeah, I just I thought it was more a perfunctory thing than apparently it was. But I can absolutely see it being like like running cover for something else. Um mm-hmm. Obviously, that's yeah, a lot like of topic you, from what we're talking tonight. Like you guys, I don't believe that our government is benevolent enough to just be like, hey, guys, UFOs and aliens are real, and there's yeah. no pretext or anything behind it. Like, this is all a ploy to just be able to weaponize space so that we can have weapons against China. Yeah. If you want to okay. get more creative about it, which I do enjoy doing, even though I don't believe it, is that they are just like easing us into the fact that, like, oh, we know aliens are real. That was like an active theory amongst like ufologists, U- ufologists. They're, they're, yeah, it's a real term. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's ufologists, which is yeah. very frustrating. But to what end? Like, just because they realize they cannot contain it anymore, and therefore they have to do some kind of controlled or damage control in that way, and then they release it slowly. Is that? Yeah, they got to put it out in DLCs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Washington like DLC. Seasons? I mean, that was the reason where that I had even brought up Caitlin Johnson to begin with, because I just honestly, I just, I just love her judgment on a lot of these issues, because she, I feel like she just looks at whatever news she's reading um, is like either I don't have access to it or she's just reading between the lines of the stuff that we're all having that we all have access to. So I don't know. But I remember her just writing extensively about the government doing this and 
I felt like if anyone was going to have a good take on why they would do this, um, and, you know, I guess the most cynical take on why the government would feel the need to release this kind of info at this particular time. And the, yeah, the things I remember are what you guys just said. It's like prepping people for more weaponization of space, bigger space force budgets or whatever, or justifying just keeping that fucking open to begin with after like having clown Trump started. Like, I don't know, because how many people on the liberal side were claiming that like, uh, it was so ridiculous that Trump even did that. And then they were going to shut it down as soon as we got a Democrat in office. It's like, is the Space Force gone? Like, I don't know. I haven't kept up with it. Also, Once they got Steve Carell like, on no, the cast there. for the Netflix show, it's it was all there. over. It's still a thing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's there. Yeah. yeah. They've, they've leaned into it as best as I can tell. Like, it's not mm -hmm. high profile, but it's, 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 it's not going up, away. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. they had to do was make a joke about it on Netflix. So that we just like stopped considering it and then they could just keep throwing money at it. Normalized, baby. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're filling the officer corps with uh, like our Air Force and Navy personnel and contractors. Yeah. So then it was all part of the continued weaponization of space, uh, bloated military budgets, and then increased tensions with China and Russia, probably tying in with like Elon Musk and his fucking satellite weaponry somehow. I, would, I wouldn't be surprised at all, but let me go with Nick, I'll then Brandon, and then Ward. <laughs> Me first. Me first. Okay. I don't give a shit. I actually <laughs> just because I didn't want, like I'm I'm already drunk, so don't like just bear with me. Yeah, man. Um, I actually watched that show on Netflix because I'm a trash person, and I like Steve Carell. And uh, it was also it not only was it like Space Force propaganda, it was also acutely anti-China propaganda. Oh no, course. really? Yeah. Like, I, I would never de yeah. deign to watch it. Yeah, I'm not like I'm not proud of the fact that I did. I, I put on a lot of stuff that's dog shit in the background because I'm like ADD as fuck and like can't focus on just three things at a time. Um, but yeah, there was like a whole subplot throughout the show where like the Chinese were competing with the Space Force and trying to fuck us over at every turn. And I just yeah, I really felt the need to bring that full circle thing where like not only <laughs> was it like a weird Space Force thing, but it was also a weird anti-China thing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Sorry about that, Nick. Go ahead. No, you're good. Ward, if you've got something on this, I have something that might take us in a different direction. So yeah, mine's like, that. yeah, mine's on this real quick. I think it's, I think they admitted the whole UFO thing and released the documents about the same time I saw a couple new, only a couple news articles covering uh, the fact that like for the first time in decades, uh, the U.S. Army is starting to paint its land vehicles green again. Huh. So what you, what's the implication there then? We're not fighting or, the desert but, anymore. Yeah, we're not fighting in the fucking desert anymore. We're not. Yeah, prepping I get that, for but that then anymore. what's the connection between that and then UFOs? It's like just a distraction. No, no, that in China. No, I'm not saying it's correlated. I'm just saying I think it's came out about the same time. It's all that weaponization against China ultimately. Mm. Well, also, if if we're painting them like green, they'll blend in with the aliens. <laughs> <laughs> you know that if we go to war with China, they're rounding everyone on this show up. Oh, of course. I mean. But see, that's the thing, man. I keep like, I keep uh, thinking uh, that uh, what we are doing is such a joke, literally, uh, and not even figuratively. Like that, we just—I'm literally asking on this show, on recordings, and publishing it. It's like whatever is supposed to be the secret Chinese propaganda arm that would fund us. Like, please, fucking hit me up. Yeah, give me this podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Like, I am begging for it. Like, I will, I will do the whatever for the G bucks. I'm doing it anyway. Like, you guys are not paying me shit, and I'm doing it for free just because I like you guys. Like, like I wish uh, Chinese propaganda was as good as they say it is. Because, like, I have to go way out of my fucking way to go find anything from a Chinese perspective. 
on the internet. And you know what? I've I found... <laughs> I've been in some Telegram channels. I've seen some actual Russian propaganda. And I've sent it to like my group chats of like my liberal friends because I feel like they think that I'm just ingesting Russian and Chinese propaganda all day, every day. And I really think that like it's not that good. Like It's just not. And the, the things that I've seen... like I remember seeing there was an ad and it was like some people... It was like a Russian family on a plane to the U.S., and they encountered some basically like liberal bullshit. It was like a very reactionary commercial. They encountered like um, somebody who was identifying as different pronouns that they then they presented, and like some bullshit about like it was like there was some race element to it, and it was like really fucking weird and just reactionary. And I'm like, if this is supposed to be Russian propaganda that is hypnotizing me, um, it's fucking not <laughs> it's like good. it's not passing. It's not up to par. Um, what do you have, Nick? Sorry. Yeah, no, and <clears throat> I think it's tied into that point and also something that you mentioned about Katie Johnstone and as fucking fantastic as she is, like she's an amazing writer and I rely on her quite a bit. But like just in terms of like seeing through like the propaganda, I mean, in relation to the conversation that we're having right now about China, I mean, you know, we've got our positions on this and like I think it's well known at this point for the people that listen to us. But then, you know, you can go back a little bit further, right? Look at you know, what people like us were saying about like Nord Stream, right? What oh, they were fuck. saying. Yeah, like Nord Stream and what they were saying about like what was going on in Iran at that time. And this is just relates to like what the U.S. narrative is on a given topic, right? And I think that given recent developments from like Seymour Hirsch and the Shah in Iran releasing, you know, all these prisoners that were supposedly executed. I mean, again, we've been validated. We right? they so like, I have no fucking, they were released. I, I have no <laughs> fucking reason to believe that what we think about China right now in relation to the U S is not true either because we're fucking validated time and time again. Right. Because yeah, we can look at right. like what the material conditions are and like what the situation is with imperialism, with respect to these situations going on. And like somehow it always fucking works out. Doesn't it? point like if you've been paying attention for more than seven or eight minutes the u.s becomes the boy who cried wolf yeah and you can't trust a single fucking thing that they say like you know russia blew up their own fucking pipeline because fuck when it's 45 percent of, of the when natural gas is 45 percent of their fucking state revenue okay true? jesus yes Christ. yeah that's what's kept russia afloat since 1991 yeah oh, God, i think um to, like get into that but gee, yeah uh I'm almost entirely sure it was Ben Norton again that I just listened to. I mean, this is literally all I do is listen to other people's podcasts while I'm at work. But uh, he had a great breakdown of uh, exactly the numbers behind the Nord Stream pipeline and why it was like just not even plausible to suggest that anyone but the U.S. blew it up. And then discussed even like the military exercises that went on six to 12 months earlier. Um, and the U.S. was like bragging about them in just mainstream headlines saying that they were putting these like underwater devices, doing like these underwater exercises right at the Nord Stream pipeline. Biden is saying in press conferences openly that if Russia invades Ukraine as in putting tanks on the ground, that they will make the, make the Nord Stream 2 not happen. And the press or somebody in the press asked him like, well, how will you do that? And he's just like, don't worry about it. We got ways. It's like, wow. Like, okay. I promise just, like, you. I really promise fucking you we'll do it. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, so, then you can just look at Hirsch's history, right? Like, right. He exposed my lie, right? Okay, okay. Turns out to be true. He exposed, Ab, no, he, exposed, he exposes Abu Ghraib, right? Turns out to be fucking true. So why should I why should I believe the State Department who says this shit is utterly false over this guy who's been proven right by history? I was just the gonna State make Department a joke. told Reuters in Libs read that. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
I was just going to make a joke that it's been a while therefore, since he won. I believe it. Sorry, Brandon. What was that? We keep I tried to make my joke four times. Sorry. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It wasn't meant for it. Right. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's this weird intersection of like, there's like the neocon section who is cheering on like war with China and Russia at the same time. And then there's like normal people who are saying, no, that's like catastrophic and like will kill us all. And then there's like the really fringe, like far left who are like doomers, like, yeah, go ahead, China, war with China and Russia because the US will lose. Um, I don't know, man. Like, that's starting to look, if I really like wanted to be like just a, a meme lord and just act like that was a plausible scenario, I don't know. I just feel like it would be bad for every working class person involved. It's like, if you don't already have the bunker or whatever, like you're you're kind of fucked in that situation. But it's just like, I don't get why the U.S. is doing this because I feel like it's very obvious. Like this is not going to pan out well. I I just is it the just the general it's because fascism of the US? is a fucking like, death cult, man. Like I I don't know what else. To, I don't know how. There's else no to other option, it right? It's point. just on. It's, like, on it's, rails. A, it's on a fucking death drive, and you know they can't handle any kind of like indication of decline or anything like that right so they're we're lashing out in all directions you know and my i'm sorry guys i know there's people with their hands up and shit like that but like my only hope is just and you know you mentioned that you know working class people are going to suffer and just as i mentioned with like the balloon thing my only hope is that and i have to cling on to hope because i fucking organize and like i get into this shit and i just think that I find hope in the fact that not everybody's buying into this bullshit anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, there's still too many people for our, for our liking that buy into it, but you know, how many times can you fall for a fucking like, you know, how, how many times can you fall for an Iraq, you know, I, 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 over and over again, you're really underestimating America here, bud. I, I know, man, I, I gotta, find op I gotta be optimistic though, man. Like that's yeah, the only yeah. way I, if I can find hope and shit, you know? No, I know exactly what you mean. The organizing gives me the hope too. I'm, I'm right there with you. Brandon, you were first. Uh, I, I was just going to say, like, don't I wouldn't be dismissive of the chance that the U.S. stands in an actual like hot war with China, because if they're not already, then they're like looming to be like the global superpower economically. But are like everybody loves the statistic that like the U.S. military budget is actually like bigger than the next like three countries combined. Eight, I, I once nine. sat <laughs> no, I once sat down and did the math. It's almost the global uh military budget. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. just about is. Uh, of course it's uh, totally no, it, it fluctuates year to year, but there was one year that I checked where the US's military spending was greater than the rest of the world combined. Or at least comparable. Right. So like in a in a, a hot war, like a ground war with China, like that's scary shit because like it really doesn't matter who the superpower is. We are spending dozens of times more money like like what like a thousand percent more than china on any given year because their interest is in like improving the lives of the people and our interest is in eliminating the lives of the people yeah so that's yeah. scary fucking shit that shouldn't be like you know like thrown away casually because it's it's if it comes to that, it doesn't matter who the superpower is it's the person with the most bullets and the most missiles. Can I just say real quick, like that is actually the big takeaway from all these events is that, like the U.S. just continually escalating and driving the entire world toward this like annihilation. It's just really weird because no one seems to be talking about it to the extent that it is important, like for how important it fucking is. And to bring up Katie Johnstone again, it's like Caitlin Johnstone is the only one I know, the only journalist that I read who is really talking about this to the level of importance that it is 
And sometimes her writing even comes off a little fucking weird. Like sometimes she'll just go off and just post some lyrics one day because you can tell she's really getting in her feelings about the fucking end of the world being as close as it is. And it's like, God damn, man. Like I really wish more people were just cool with talking about some uncomfortable shit like that. And then maybe we would have some kind of general effect on the something like that. Like, I don't know. But Nat, what do you got? Sorry. When I keep thinking about stuff like that, about like geopolitics, like writ large and like the relations between countries and how people just don't seem to fucking get it. It, there's like this ironic sort of um, like uh, uh, disconnect, right? Attachment, With, right? Like, way, well, but like the way I try to describe it to people is like like people on one on one level, people think of it as like a game, right? But on another level, it's I mean, on the real level, it's not. But these people that think of it as like a game, like you can describe it to them in like real life terms by using sort of game terminology, right? So, like, if you were to just map, like, fantasy things onto, like, real-world happenings, like, over here you've got the orcs that are the principality of, like, or whatever, you know, in orc language. And then over here you've got the elves with hey, all the, like... that's Russophobic, bro. <laughs> no, no, no. I rebuke <laughs> no, I that. I will not accept that joke. But, uh, and then you've got, other people, you've got like the elves and all that, and we're going to call the elves the bad guys so that I can avoid being, uh, appearing russophobic. Uh, but, uh, um, and you explain to somebody everything that the U.S. has done without telling them that it's the U.S., and you tell them it's the elves funding these massive propaganda campaigns against the orcs. You tell them it's the elves that are escalating with, um, let's say they've got giant magic crystals that can destroy whole cities, right? And, like... They want to use them, and everybody else has these magical crystals, but like less of them, and they're less effective. Like honestly, when I see conversations like that, I leave the server. <laughs> I was say, but these for, are but for real, like right? you can use those. You can map on real world, and like the people that normally would disagree with you about this stuff would one hundred percent be like, "Oh, the elves, are the bad guys," and you're like, "Well, that's America. <laughs> that's what we're doing right now," and they're like, "No," and like, "Yes, <laughs> yes, we are." <laughs> It just, it just, it gets me and my feelings. Well, like, I think that that level of detachment is almost necessary because it's, it's scary as fuck. Yeah. I don't think it's, it's a level of detachment though. And I'm sorry to cut you off, but I don't think it's detachment. I think it's just genu genuine misunderstanding and like, an, and genuine like victimhood of being a victim of the propaganda that you can't make the connection. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like when, when you see people making the connection, but in like a joking, like game kind of way, I, uh, dude, when I was younger, I had a friend who constantly joked about being an alcoholic, and he was mm. a raging alcoholic. But the, jo <laughs> okay. the joke for him was, uh, like sort of a depersonalization of the reality. Like, as long well, as I guess I didn't mean that these people were, uh, I see what you're saying, but I, I didn't mean that these people were joking about how bad America was or anything like that. No, I mean, like, when, when you talk about people who, who, who talk about this like it's a game, that's yeah. what I think of is. You take it unseriously because if you address the reality seriously, it's it's terrifying. It's yeah. the yeah. like in, in the context of this, it's the end of times. Yeah. <laughs> like you want to talk about the end of history, fucking bomb everyone back into the Stone Age. There you are. End of history. Yeah, yeah. I've had several people in my real life tell me that I need to stop reminding them how close we are to nuclear annihilation because it's really bumming them out. Yeah, it's a bummer. <laughs> it's a big bummer. <laughs> yeah, dude, as a guy who's bummed out like a hundred percent of the time, it sucks. Yeah, I'm I mean, like this close to like quitting my job and just like waiting it out. 
Yeah, but then you're like, what do you, what do you do? Like, are you like that guy on the street corner with literally the end is nigh sign? Like, what do you? Like, I don't know. It's better it's than my job is now. So. <laughs> Probably doesn't pay if, as well. But if I don't groom, really if I don't groom my beard for two days, I look like that guy already. So right, I'm, I'm on it. I just um, that was kind of what I wanted to. What I, the heart of what I was getting at earlier. I just kind of said it off the cuff, but like, I really wish like more people would just talk about this issue and just how fucking important that it is because i feel like that alone would would do something about it because like you guys were all kind of getting at it. it's like people have this ironic like what we're doing right now it's like we're dealing with it in our own way we're joking about it in like a semi-ironic way because that's how we are dealing with it um and people who are just considered normies who to the extent that they are aware of it Again, we'll just say, like, well, what can I even do about it? Like, I could totally be aware that my government is, like, escalating possible nuclear conflict, could no, dude, kill everyone there's alive. There's so much that you can do about it. It's just if I say it, you're going to have to edit all that out. <laughs> well, I mean, there obviously there are those solutions, of course. But, like, yeah, definitely. Thanks. I just think the first step is to get more people to, like, I kind of wish it was normal for everybody just to be, as much as they were talking about the weather, like, literally just talking about the possibility that we are all going to be, like, kind of burning uh you know in nuclear fire at some point it's like i just feel like it is that level of importance and should be discussed and that is kind of the first step and like ward you even posted here in the the chat like there was an article since been removed the headline was on yahoo president biden warns that the risk of nuclear armageddon is at its highest point since the cuban missile crisis three top stocks to consider if tensions keep rising credit to alan mcleod for tweeting that with the and captioning when people say capitalism is a death cult this is what they mean because that's mm -hmm. dead on but yeah, would you have Nick? Sorry. No, just here's a quote from somebody important with respect to not letting this kind of shit go. To let things slide for the sake of peace and friendship <laughs> when a person has clearly gone wrong and refrain from principled argument because he is an old acquaintance, a fellow townsman, a schoolmate, a close friend, a loved one, a colleague, or old subordinate. Or to touch on the matter lightly instead of going into it thoroughly so as to keep on good terms. The result is that both the organization and the individual are harmed. This is one type of liberalism. Nigga, I, I fucking love that. Liberalism. What a pull. I'm lucky these guys posted it earlier. I haven't yeah. even read that. I haven't but, read that shit like, yet. My point is like, don't fucking let like Mike, like you were saying, don't fucking let it go. Like again, like I got into a fight with my dad the other day just because like he he said something stupid about the China balloon, and I was just like, listen, I said they're driving you towards the same thing as they did with Iraq and Afghanistan and all this shit that we could list, you know, on and on and on again. And I just, I couldn't let it go. And I feel like an asshole sometimes, but like, I just couldn't let it go because like, we can't let this shit go because the stakes are too fucking high. And like, I, I guess my hope is that like, as, as you kind of like impress this upon one person that it kind of spirals out and like has some kind of like exponential effect where like one person and then the next person and it goes on and on and on. And then there's some kind of fucking consciousness raised to this shit because I can't let it go anymore. Sorry. That's a personal agitated educate, but like, you know no, what I mean? Absolutely. Like we are on your level, dude. Yeah. Like <laughs> And energized over here. Yeah. I just I just personally really like that. I haven't read that yet, but we were talking about it in the group chat. And as soon as you started talking, I was like, this is this is gonna be fucking mal. I loved it yeah. so much. <laughs> Before you said it's the first cool. fucking word, I was like, oh, this is fucking mal. Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> Perfection. Like not to do too deep a dive on stuff like that, but I, I do think that there is 
um, virtue in thinking tactically about not letting stuff go. Like, you know, we had the the sort of thing where, Ward, you called it, that people would be using that picture of Winnie the Pooh with the balloon, right? It was just, you know, racist not, or liberals not be racist challenge uh, impossible, right? And then obviously we saw um, somebody who I would probably consider a liberal but left-leaning um, posted this thing. And, you know, I, I like, I, I didn't want to come there their thing about it because when you put something into like a public comment people double down it's just the psychology of humans right just what happens so like i went into their dms and i was like hey uh some people might think this is racist and they were like well i'm gonna post balloons it's like okay well <laughs> fuck off then. well i'm gonna pop your balloon fuck off <laughs> right so but like we have to think about we have to balance like the tactical like the virtue of tact being tactful and being direct what is the what is the value, and when do you decide which uh, route to take, Brandon? Uh, well, that that's difficult because combating liberalism, even through that definition, does not mean being so abrasive that no one listens mm -hmm. to you because there still does have to be a tactfulness to it, and exactly. that's not there's no answer to that that because it depends on your crowd. I just like that, like when when we were re talking about that earlier, I was just like, man, I'm I'm so bad at that, like I'm I'm. I'm not good at confrontation unless like I'm not the one. If somebody else initiates confrontation, I will fuck somebody up. I will cause a problem. I will cause a scene, but like left to my own devices, I don't. And, th but then immediately I remembered like at the beginning of the pandemic, the place that I was working had a company wide meeting where a couple of people just felt the need to throw out some like gnarly shit about like, Oh, well we're only in this situation because of China. And that was when I was like pretty new to like being a full blown out and out fucking communist. And I just started fights in the middle of a company wide like sixty person meeting because I'm just like, oh yeah, well, what about this shit? Because that was like when I was fresh off of reading a bunch of fucking shit about China, and I'm like, all right, let's fucking go. You're gonna be ignorant as shit. I'm gonna be ignorant as shit too, but informed about it. Like I'm just gonna be like an asshole, but let's fucking go. Yeah. No, nobody would actually come at me. It was really, like, caught me off guard. I was expecting to be in, like, a near fist fight in a company meeting. And people were just like, oh, this shit actually seems, he seems like he might have read something. We better not confront him. <laughs> Are you saying that they, they let it go? Are you saying they were using the first type of liberalism? Must have been liberals. <laughs> no, it, it, was, it was just that, like, in my head, when you confront somebody, they double down and it causes a problem. You can't have a confrontation. You have to have a discussion. But in this situation, I, I initiated a confrontation and everybody, like, all these fucking redneck motherfuckers are like, well, shit, I'm not doing this. This is going to be a problem with this guy. Yeah, I was actually uh, pretty glad. I don't know if uh, Nick could hear us, um, if his headphones work when he's away, but, like, I was actually really glad that he, yeah, I was glad that he brought, um, here, here he comes. <laughs> because we have to kill, like, about, I guess, like, 12 more minutes at this point, I was actually kind of glad, Nick, that you brought up uh, combat liberalism and started reading from it because I was debating like I was surprised like it's a short work like we could literally just read it if we wanted to kill 12 more minutes and just like go out with that but I um <laughs> I'm, I'm out of topics for the night I don't know if you guys have anything else that you want to comment on or anything else you want to bring up anything else you want to say about what we've mentioned so far but um I don't know I, I just say like in combating liberalism I'm 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 now glad to call so many of you in, like in real life like comrades now because like imagine me and Nick hanging out and somebody like wants to start some shit 
Like, Mike, you've met us now. Imagine the stranger in the bar who wants to start shit with me and fucking Nick. Yeah, it's funny Nick. that you guys are, like, huge. And it's funny that, like, <laughs> I've been kind of corralling everybody. Like, I like having the role of organizer, and I definitely do not like fucking ordering anybody around. But um, there have been times where i got to be like, hey, you guys, let's uh, let's do this. Let's get together. And it's funny that I am by far the smallest and scrawniest of all you guys. And that's hilarious to me. I love Wait, it. Wait, Nick, how tall are you? He's five. No. He's like five four, but he's just as wide. Oh, I mean, Nick is just like a brick shit house, but like Brandon is, <laughs> is a tree. He's huge. Yeah, I'm enormous, and I won't fuck with Nick, dude. I'm glad he's on my <laughs> side. Yeah, um, but yeah. I got bring a Lord a of the Rings guys, quote so. into it. It's like part in the uh, Return of the King when Pippin says he won't grow any way but sideways any longer, and that's where I'm at. So yeah. just getting wider. Nick looks like yeah. he does squats by hugging a tree and ripping it out of the fucking ground. Mm. <laughs> and then Brandon Brandon is an end but yeah I mean just that's the like the yeah, just, short Nick's set. just ripping me out of the ground I got to meet a couple of you guys I got to meet Nick Brandon and Steve from the intervention and uh, yeah that was a lot of fun but that's also you know involved in some of the reason that we've been taking this sort of like month or almost two month now hiatus from doing any recordings or anything and uh, we should also like since we do have some of the, maybe we got something else we can talk about. I got to read what words just posting in the chat, but oh, we, we could also we definitely could do some about plugs. Syria. Oh yeah, we could before, definitely talk before about we that. talk about that. Like you mentioned organizing, and we mentioned organizing. I just want to put a shout out there to anybody listening. Just join a fucking organization. Just get out there and hit the streets, please. We need you. I don't really give a shit which one you join. To be quite honest, like I, I have my preferences, but I just want you out there. Once they're all strong enough, we'll build a coalition. But like. Please just get out there and, and do something. Once we're all strong enough, we'll deal with the trots. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to name names. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I'm here for, man. I'm here for it. But no, I, I, I don't disagree, dude. Even if you're a fucking trot, like, they're going to do more good working at all. Like, I'm a fucking hypocrite because every time I, like, finally get serious about joining an organization, I have a complete mental breakdown for eight months. But, like, you're not wrong. Like, anything that you're doing in real life is better than doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's relevant ward. What you just posted, if you want to read that, I don't know oh, yeah. who the plowshares are. Are they, are they trots? <laughs> no, they're, um, they're typically referred to as like a, uh, an elder church group. Yeah. They're Christians, uh, right? Yeah. But, uh, they, also trots. Con- yeah, they consistently, <laughs> uh, protest U S nuclear policy. And uh, they've broken on to, like, secure nuclear facilities before and, like, chained themselves to, like, equipment and thrown blood on buildings. Mm -hmm. Um, They've been convicted for it. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, no, they're they're out. They're going to be out this weekend protesting a nuclear sub base as well. So if people don't have an idea what to do in response to news that we're so fucking close to nuclear annihilation, it's not even funny. There's an idea. I mean, just to this point, like... You know, I organize with PSL locally here, but we've got coalitions like an anti-war coalition in Pittsburgh. And like we bring in like liberals, you know what I mean? Like people, mm-hmm. whoever it is against like a certain thing. And we have our own, you know, obviously like meetings and like viewpoints on things like that. But like we can agree on like some fundamental basis that like war has to stop. Right. Like we can figure out the rest later. But like in this immediate moment, like just find something to latch on to and go out and like hold a sign, raise consciousness. You know, it's like I was talking about before about like the exponential effect. Like you talk to one person and you make an impact on them 
That's mm-hmm. a victory. I went out the other night, you know, we were talking about fucking Leonard Peltier being locked up for 48 years, right? And some pe- most people didn't want to talk to us. I handed out one pamphlet and I watched the guy walk away. And I know that some people throw like the shit away that I hand to them. And this guy, I was watching, like he stopped under a, you know, a street light to read it. And that made me feel good because maybe that fucking guy knows a little bit more. So, yeah. you know, again, it's a victory to get one person. It's a victory to get, you know, just to get yourself out there and do that kind of shit. You know, mm-hmm. everyone so, recording right now and everyone listening was that one person at some point. Right, Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Good damn point. I'm good for something every now and then. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that actually um, raises it. I mean, a good point. I wanted to kind of wrap up the episode if we could, since we do just want to kill a few more minutes, is like by doing plugs. Like you want to bring up organizations that people could actually join, things that they could do on the ground. Um, but then also we can wrap up by talking about everybody's shows. And since we haven't put anything out on my feed for a while, um, I can also talk about like my show and any updates that are, but I want to kind of like keep that to a minimum. But uh, I do have some stuff to say, but like Nat, if you wanted to like plug your show, because I know you just put an episode, what, today? And you can yeah, I uh, I worked on oh, it for that, twenty no. hours straight. Nah, stop. Uh, what? No, he will be too humble. Okay. It is the best goddamn. <laughs> it is the most well produced goddamn show on the left right now, and you should be fucking listening to it. Amen. Thank you. I don't know about that, but uh, I know because you're too fucking humble about it, <laughs> and somebody else had to interrupt you so they could speak truth. Uh. I actually had to take I, I'm a little worried about this one um, because I did I, I expressed uh, why the I bar believe, is so high. That he's just I expressed why I believe that like certain misogynists take a certain line of rhetoric. Right. And and um, it's because so much of capitalism is selling equality to women that doesn't actually exist yet. Right. Um, and so that fools men into thinking that equality already exists uh, and. Therefore, whenever they see somebody actually pushing for equality, they de- demonize it and denigrate whoever's doing it, right? But I, I had to put out a, a disclaimer in the episode where I was like, these people are wrong. They are wrong to hold these opinions. What I am saying is this is why they're saying these specific things. But I just, am, you know, I'm so afraid of, like, somebody taking something out of context um, and saying that, like, oh, this man hates women. It's like, obviously, I do not. I made a whole episode about why women are you know, being the most victimized or being more victimized than, than other marginalized groups. Um, I literally just heard you say it. This man hates women. No, no, damn it. Wait, I heard it. You heard it here, folks. Mike, you finally have to edit one of them. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so, well, Nat, now that you've expressed your, your worst fears about how your podcast will be interpreted, do you want to actually like give the plug for like what you put out and like what is to come? Because I know that yours is serialized and, this is something that has been going on kind of with us since we started doing this live show is that you've been on, but like you can't put this out on your feed because your show is so planned out and serialized and everything. And I feel bad for you like to miss out on the content. Cause it's like, it's why we do it. Right. We all want to get the plays. We want to get the content out there. Kids want it. Like, but yeah, I mean, just so, so what is it that you're actually putting out? And like, what can people expect over the next, what is it like six weeks or how, how long will it be? Uh, it's going to be a little while before the next one, the next regular feed one. Um, the, people who subscribe to the patreon are going to get the bonus stuff soon um i'm i'm splitting this season into two halves i'm working on uh the 2002 comic book the ultimates by uh the english and scottish creators uh mark miller and brian hitch 
And if you guys don't know who Mark Miller is, he's the one who did like Kick Ass from the movie Kick Ass, and he's okay. he did Civil War that like the third Captain America movie was based on. Um, in fact, the Ultimates that I'm working on right now is uh, um, basically the entire blueprint for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's, yeah, it's awful. <laughs> it's god awful, and I hate every fucking moment of it. <laughs> it is peak Bush era psychosis. Um, it is. It's like in that sweet spot, right uh, after we invaded Afghanistan, but before we ramped it up for Iraq. So it's like it's this this weird nexus of like in response to the Afghanistan propaganda, while reinforcing the concurrent Iraq propaganda, right? And it's this story, this this realistic retelling of the origin of the Avengers. Um, and how they are now a government property that is meant to defend the United States from a superhuman red foreign influence. And the next seven issues, or the next seven episodes are coming out this year. Um, but there will be a break between this first se- this first half of the season and the one uh, that's coming up. Uh, I'm actually gonna, I've actually got a couple of guests coming on. I've got the guy from Existential Comics. Uh, who's going to be on? Uh-huh. I'm hoping to get um, uh, what's his name? Oh Jesus, the guy from uh, uh, Trillbillies, Aaron. Oh, nice. Oh hell yeah. Yeah, to come on and talk. Uh, a guy named Mike Quilligan, who's a professor of pop culture stuff. Um, he's going to be on there, uh, and I'm hoping to get a guy named Walt Llewellyn, who does, um, as I've told to you all before, the Black Casebook podcast. And I want to plug that one too, real quick, because it's really fucking good. Uh, he's going to be on too. Um, fantastic writer. And that's my shtick, my spiel. Oh yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna echo Brandon's sentiment and say that of course you were too humble about it, but like just to express it, like I always compare your your show to blowback, and as far as like the level of production, like for people who like that level, that depth of fucking like adding scores and like all the uh, what do you call it, like vignettes and everything in between, like yeah, and you're just one fucking guy, and it blows me away every time. Like I cannot stress to you enough, man, how much I do not. Not only it's it's worse than not give a shit about po- of uh, uh, comics. Sorry, not politics. Comics. I do not give a shit about graphic novels or comics. But it's worse than that. Like I vehemently am anti. Like I just don't like them. Just I feel the same Angry, way about don't them. Care. And, and I just don't like them at all. And I avoid them like the plague. But I still listen to your fucking show because I like it. And I still am like able to get enough of the characters and the lore that I'm able to sort of keep up with it uh, against my will. And yeah, I, I just I liked what you're doing there, and I like the themes you're bringing out of it. So I appreciate that. So I wanted to go. I with, appreciate uh, you saying that. Uh, <laughs> that really makes me a lot better about uh, this last episode that was rough to put out. Yeah, but uh, let me go with uh, Nick, and then we'll have uh, Brandon. We can plug your show as well because I'm, I know everybody's been doing stuff, even though like we haven't been doing the live show for a bit. So yeah, um, yeah. So Nat knows how I feel. Um, I gassed him up enough today, but. <laughs> No, but li- definitely listen to um, all of our podcasts. Um, but yeah, so I guess what we're doing on the intervention lately is, um, you know, we're we're still going to continue with kind of our haphazard approach in kind of exploring events regarding the uh, British and American empires. Um, I think, you know, the synthesis is that we want to continue to try to convey that the British empire really handed the kind of the imperial football off to the American empire. So I think it's always fun to explore those connections there. Um, yeah, I think we're bringing on comrade Levi who, 
you know, he's been a, a real life organizer with me for a long time at this point. Um, but like, he's going to, he's basically going to be a permanent fixture on the show at this point. So we're really happy to have him. Um, so we're currently, you know, going through our series on Palestine, Zionism and empire. Um, he's going to be involved with that. And, you know, we'll probably have some other things sprinkled in between like the main episodes in that series that we're doing. And then separately, but relatedly, we're also starting our reading capital um, series. So we're going to, you know, just read and discuss capital volume one. Um, Some of us have read it before. Some of us haven't. So it's really meant to just be kind of like a learning experience that people can kind of, you know, listen into as maybe they go through it for the first, second, third time, whatever it may be. And hopefully, you know, just grapple with what we're saying, the ideas we're putting out there. You know, we don't presume to, you know, understand it fully by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, hopefully it's an approachable way to kind of engage with the text as well, because, you know, we obviously still feel that it's something important to deal with. So those are the kind of things we've got going on over at the Intervention Podcast right now. I'm trying to sober up enough to shoehorn my way into the intervention podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say this You're is now my turn. Time, my turn to say uh, a few nice things because I really, really loved your uh, recent Greek episode or uh, the 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 Greek Civil War episode. Uh, I didn't know any of that shit. That that was a particular blind spot for me, and that episode was very good. I also really liked your Taste of Empire episode. That inspired me to go out and get the book. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, well, Steve will hear this and he'll know, and then Joe Mayall at joe wrote you know really contributed the meat of the uh the greek episode so credit to him there for sure but thanks buddy brandon what have you guys been up to over at cars and comrades because i've been listening to your show and i've been i think i know more about your car projects than (laughs) i ever wanted to um because i i could just skip past that part and i don't every time i just i just keep listening while i'm like putting up salads at work we've gotten a fair amount of feedback that like the car like the project updates are like very entertaining and it's like a very personal flavor to the show Mm -hmm. and given that like there's only so much leftist history or like activity that you can talk about from a car perspective it's a good way for us to just connect with people because like a lot of our listeners talk to us and we don't have a ton of listeners but fuck me i really enjoy the people that listen to our show and engage with us because it's so hard to have this perspective and find people who share common interests and i don't know man i almost look at it like i'm just throwing it out there like like hey i'm trying to make friends who have my interests and our listeners are like oh shit me too like what's up yeah um i mean not to sidetrack you but like there are some uh vacancies or vacuums for leftists interested in chud hobbies like that like people there, there could be a podcast about uh leftist takes on firearms uh if there's, I mean, there's obviously already the sra podcast but i mean like something more informal and humorous but like all of the chud hobbies like outdoorsy stuff prepping any of that shit like if somebody's looking to start a white guy podcast uh that's that's where you should go <laughs> just saying yeah. no that was our explicit project because like once we started working more with with you guys on other like other projects other shows it expanded but originally our intention was to Like we took our hobbies that we cared about and spent a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of money on and wanted to make it accessible to people who are, you know, in places where it is all fucking chuds. Like we want people to recognize that like 
You can be a person of color. You can be queer. You can be fucking anything you want to, and you have a place in this hobby. And that was a really important thing for us, for, you know, white cis dudes to, to, to make, but like, we've, we've reached out, we've tried to find like other voices to bring onto the show and it just, it never pans out. But like, you know, we're creating, we're trying to our best to create a space in that world where everyone can feel welcome. Uh, I'll tell you what, man, like I've had somebody reach out to me on Instagram and he listens to all of our podcasts, everybody here. And Nobody particularly mentioned your podcast and just like, you know, I'm his perspective was like, I'm kind of on an island, you know, out in this like kind of conservative area of the country and shit like that. And it's just good to know that there's other people out there with these same interests as me. So, I mean, it, it, it is good. I mean, I think it's a validation of this idea that like you are offering this space for somebody to come to and just feel like, Hey, I'm not completely alone in this godforsaken fucking country, you know? So good on you for that. You know? Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we, we, ha- we enjoy the things we enjoy and you want to be able to enjoy that in a genuine way where you're not being obstructed by bigots, fucking yep. racist, fucking every <laughs> fucking flavor of asshole. Uh, so, you know, that, that's what we try and do. And I'm sure that we fall short because everyone always does all the time, but we do our best. and. Yeah, man, if, if anybody out there has, like, a, an interesting perspective and is into cars and wants to come onto the show, pick and look us up. You know, we've got the Cars and Comrades podcast, or personally, like, every single one of us will talk to you. And we love hearing anyone else's perspective, as long as it's not a shitty one. And yeah, then I mean, the, yeah, sorry. Oh, I was, I was going to say, even beyond that, like, I wasn't even joking. Like, I really want to join in with uh, the interventions approach to like uh you know reading capital uh i was going to try and do that this week but i wasn't able to get the reading done and uh in general like i fucking enjoyed the shit out of recording with you guys on our pittsburgh episode with the railroad strike oh yeah buddy you're welcome i mean any of you guys are welcome anytime so yeah i'm just gonna show start showing up at your house being like oh i'm recording with you guys today (laughs) and you'll be like i didn't even know we were recording today i'm like yeah well sit down i'll tell we're doing it i'll tell lord to make pickles all right. <laughs> Wait, p- pickled what though? Doesn't matter, dude. Doesn't those matter. fucking onions. Yeah. Well, I'm I mean, so, so envious that you all got to hang out in person. Yeah. I know. Wait, bef- but before like turn leftist goes here, I just want to like gas them up a little bit too. Because no, I mean, no, 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 we don't have that kind of no. Yeah. No. no come on, come on. The circle jerk has gone on too long. I was literally going no. to wrap it up and say that like. I'm glad that we all did circles drink each other. Uh, it feels good to do that once in a while, but it's like it's going on a bit too long. It's getting a little excessive. I mean, yeah, gotta, I was banking on Mike cutting it off. I didn't want to hear this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Real okay. quick, real quick. Nah, I want to exist in my own head. You guys are the I'm gonna disassociate. You guys are the reason that we're all here and shit like that. I mean, honestly, like you guys, you know, for me in particular, inspired me to get into this shit. Like listening to just like normal dudes, like taking the time to do research so that we're fucking passionate about shit to get into it. So, you know, just thank you guys for the work you do, you've done, mm-hmm. and that you're going to continue to do. So I'll try to keep it brief, but thank you. you guys, I appreciate you, guys you keeping it, it concise and not yeah. making me cringe too much or blush too much. But like, yeah, um, I'm going to just like briefly say, because this is the thing I hate about anybody who announces any kind of like future project, especially if they haven't actually done the work already. It's like we've done like zero prep so far for this. But like just to say minimally that we because what it does is then either I'm going to say what I imagine it's going to be, and then it turns out completely different. Or now it holds us accountable to people who hear this, and then I have to like 
actually fucking do it and then i look like an ass <laughs> if we don't actually like get off our asses and pull together but like that is all just to say minimally that we are changing formats uh probably gonna change yeah, we're definitely changing the name uh and some members but like i think it's safe to say that we're gonna bring in james rewald uh he was on an episode with us really cool guy very charismatic and has since obviously been bitten by the same bug as the rest of us because i've been keeping mm-hmm. up with the content and he has Not gone the down tank. the fucking rabbit hole, man. And I am really loving like the research that he's doing, and he's going to fit perfectly well with the format that we are going to adopt, which I'm not going to say too much about, just to say that like we're changing it to a different format. But most importantly, I want to keep around the live show. Obviously, we're going to keep doing this. This is very easy to do, easy to put out, mm-hmm. and easy to be consistent with, whereas what we're going to do now is going to be a little more serialized and everything. I'll just I'll leave it at that. But if, if I could throw one thing out there that's just me being corny for 10 or 20 seconds, like, first of all, everyone on here, I love your shows. Uh, and Likewise, bro. More yeah, than, much more than that. I just, I, I'm glad that the live show is back as of today. Like, we, we took our break. But, like, I'm glad that, like, it became a collection of podcasts that I can genuinely say has turned into, like, genuine friends and comrades. Oh, yeah. Yes. So, like, I, I appreciate all of you. Happy to be back. Happy to have y'all in my life because, yo, yo, like hanging out with uh, some of y'all in real life, that shit got heavy and it was personal and you were supportive and wonderful people. And I love you all. Love you, oh, too, yeah, man. man. Love you, comrade. <laughs> yeah, I had a feeling that the uh, the first one back might get a little uh, into some territory that we were not usually in before. But yeah, so if this is a little rough for everybody, if this is a little like, I don't know, it's okay, to be ha- it's okay to have feelings. Actually, it's more okay on the left to have feelings than fucking anywhere else because we're actually here for each other. That's Come on, true. Brandon. You gotta understand. You know me well enough to know that I cannot mix my vulnerable mic with the uh, online ironic persona mic. Like it's not how it works. So, <laughs> and you know me well enough to know I can't separate my two. <laughs> yeah, I got you, bro. All right. Well, with that being said, we're gonna wrap it up here, and then we're gonna see how this one turns out once we remove all the dead air. Thank you, gentlemen. We'll put this one out soon. All right, bye, bye, you guys. Thanks. Night, everyone. Bye.